0: Hi, I'm Jay Thomas and welcome to Bald Tires powered by Shield Codings. Today my guest is somebody who's very special to me and I can say has played a very influential role in me becoming the car guy I am today. I've heard a lot of these stories before but I thought it was time to share them with you. In my family, we call them Gramps. I'm very fortunate to be in my 30s but I still have grandparents with me and today Gramps joins me to talk about some great stories. Now, uh, despite the fact that he's 93 in April of 2022, you'd never know it. So sit back and relax, because we're gonna go through cars starting from the 1930s, the ones that grandpa drove on the farm, the ones that he owned throughout his days uh, in the Air Force as well. So here's my grandpa, Ted Cassette, in part one of Driving Through the Decades. Thanks for listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. You scrimped and saved check the couch cushions and filled the swear jar and finally it's in your garage after all those years that car you've been dreaming of has arrived protect your hard work and investment with a visit to shield coatings they can make sure your baby always looks as good as it does right now don't let road salt wreck your ride Shield Coatings specializes in undercoating and rust proofing for vehicles of all shapes and sizes. Using environmentally friendly wool wax, Shield Coatings can prevent rust from ever taking hold of your daily driver or the project car you spent countless hours working on. Looking to make sure that classic stays classy looking? See Chad at Shield Coatings for more details. Shield Coatings also features sound deadening undercoating to make your ride ultra quiet and paint correction and ceramic paint protection for the ultimate shine. Find Shield Coatings on Instagram, Facebook and on Faithful Avenue in Saskatoon. Shield Coatings, anything to make your vehicle look better and last longer. So I find myself in a very familiar uh, kitchen table and I'm here with my grandpa and uh, we're calling this driving through the decades because I think he's had a few years under his belt of, of driving over the years and uh, a pretty incredible story. We're going to start right at the very beginning, Gramps. Thanks for coming on with me.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I want to talk about uh, some of the different things you've done over the years. You were in part of, you were, you know, in the Royal Canadian Air Force. And part of the ground division. We'll get to that. And then you worked for SGI and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I want to talk about all the amazing cars you've driven over the years. So let's start with this. You grew up on a farm outside of Kadare, Saskatchewan, right?
1: That's correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you were born in 1929.
1: That's right. Yeah. 29th of April.
0: And you were uh, one of how many kids?
1: There was uh, 16 in our family eight boys and eight girls two sets of twins and then a total of 18 with mom and dad
0: with mom and dad on a two-story farmhouse with no trees anywhere
1: <laughs> there, there there was about two trees that were left i think that was all <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so your your dad my great grandfather came from the US right
1: that's correct yes
0: yeah. and grandma your my great grandma your mom came from
1: where she was. She came from Quebec. Quebec. Quebec.
0: Yeah. So, a strong French Catholic family with sixteen kids.
1: That is correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, when you were growing up, uh, you know, this had been in the the thirties. You actually remember the dirty thirties.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, I do very much
0: so. What What yeah. was it like?
1: Well. uh, By the time you were old enough to start milking cow, that was probably our first job Yeah, because there was a lot of cattle. We had a big dairy herd, and uh, I believe by the age of nine, you were introduced introduced into milking cows because that was part of our livelihood was uh, the dairy, Mm -hmm. the cream, and uh, milking lots of cows. And that was that was good income. All that cream and butter were all shipped to to Moose Jaw, and uh, from there, of course, uh, went and got to market. To market. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now you guys did grain too, right?
1: Yeah, we had grain, but the bad years, the thirties were the thirties. There was a, a lot of years where. The crops were planted, but with no rain and uh, lots of wind, uh, there wasn't. wasn't anything. We'd end up with anything. <laughs> some of the some of the authorities in in farming area uh, thought maybe that some people farmers should try to grow millet, while We got the millet and that was not bad, but after the good years started, trying to get rid of that millet because it was just like a bad weed.
0: (laughs) Okay. It would just keep coming up next year, next year, next (laughs) year. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh,
0: so tell, tell me, you, you, you know, when you were going to school, you had, how far was the school away from your house?
1: School was about two and a half miles. And uh, we walked to school generally. In the winter time, when when it was extremely cold, we uh, we uh, had a a horse and sleigh. Yeah. And uh, it it was uh, it was. Uh, Quite fun sometimes. We'd tie a toboggan behind the sleigh and <laughs> you'd be, uh, you know, trying to have a good time uh, as, as well as going to school to get there and to come back at night.
0: Now, you you had a special job at school, right?
1: Yeah. By the time I was uh, about 11 years old, I got the job to make the fire at the school in the basement, big, huge furnace. It was coal-fired, so I'd, uh, I'd get up nice and early. I had to get up early and have breakfast, and then I would, I would go up about, uh, oh, around 6 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. walk to school, and uh, get the fires going at the school. And uh, I got paid for that. It wasn't very much, but at least it was <laughs> something. And, and I did that for about, uh, oh, I guess three years, three and a half years. So I was the official fireman for the, for the local
0: school. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you, uh, there's you guys had some machinery on the farm, right? As you were growing yes. up, it wasn't just always. Uh, you know, plowing with just horses and everything. probably was when you were young, right?
1: Yes. No, we had, uh, we got some big old farm tractors. Uh, the one that I remember was a 1530 McCormick Deering tractor. Okay. With the lugs on, no rubber. Just metal. Just metal, metal lugs. And uh, I drove that thing. And believe me, it it wasn't an easy chore because there was certainly no power steering. <laughs> it was, when you tried to turn a corner with that, uh, it was a, a real heavy load. You had to, you really had to hang onto that steering wheel to get turned. So <laughs> it, it it wasn't easy.
0: Now that that ran on what did it run on? At gasoline. It, it was a gas engine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was a gas gas engine. Gasoline,
0: yeah. So what was the first car that you guys had?
1: First car that we had was a a Model T. Yeah? Yeah, one one with a box on the back.
0: Okay, it was a truck version. It was
1: a truck version, yeah. 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 And uh, you could never go drive straight up a hill, <laughs> you had to <laughs> reverse the vehicle, turn it around at the bottom and go backwards because then you had a front-wheel drive. That's why front-wheel drive is so important. <laughs> yeah. You can pull more than what you can push.
0: That's right. Yeah. But then if you went up too steep of a hill, the gas wouldn't go towards the engine either, would it?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But if it, it was
0: going work. the other way... It would always yeah. run into the engine.
1: Run into the engine, yeah. Because it was
0: just right. gravity-fed. There was no yeah. pump or anything like that, no. right? No. Did you ever drive the Model T? Oh, yes. Yeah? I
1: drove the Model T.
0: Because yeah. it's all wonky, right? It's got different controls. Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah. a reverse pedal and a, the throttles on the... It's all different.
1: Oh, yeah. Very, very different. But I broke my arm one morning, cranking, <laughs> starting the Model T. I was headed to school. It was exam time. And uh, my brother-in-law was sitting behind the wheel giving me the d- when to crank. He was operating the controls and trying to get it started. And the thing backfired <laughs> and hit my arm and broke my arm just above the wrist. Oh, so, my gosh. And it was uh, it was the first day for exam for summer exams. And so it broke and broke my right arm for, for writing. <laughs> oh no. So I had to do I had to do all my tests orally with the teacher. Really? Yeah, orally. Now imagine yourself trying to do math orally, because I couldn't write. <laughs> and uh the spelling, I was hundred percent with that. I had never had any problems with spelling, but when it came to the other stuff, it was pretty, it was pretty difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that teacher would not give me a break either of pretending I had answered them correctly <laughs> or anything, because <laughs> he was very strict. So. Uh, but I I passed my grade, which I, I thank the Lord for, because that 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 was a pretty rough uh, time for me.
0: No kidding. Yeah,
1: not being able to write. And Then my mom had made a a homemade cast. Uh, there was no such thing as going to the hospital or to go see a doctor. Just uh, the medicine me- medication was all done at home by by my parents. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so you know, as you were growing up on the farm there, you'd gone to Kadare, the close town, and then Gravelberg, right? Yes. Yeah. And and did you get any further than that when you were growing up? Did you ever make it to Moose Jaw?
1: I made it to Moose Jaw. I had a I I don't know what, I, what age I was. i was probably fifteen but i uh i had a calf that i raised myself and looked after mm. and, and made sure that he was fit for ready for market and then i went with the the dray man, the delivery man and, and that picked up my animal to take him to Moose Jaw to the stockyards and uh I that was my first time in Moose Jaw.
0: That must have been like going to New York. It was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, you had never been really I, off the farm or anywhere big, nope, right?
1: No. Nope. So I, uh, I, I was just amazed at uh, what the city looked like, and I walked back and forth across the bridge there to get to that where I had dropped the stockyards, and uh, wandering. I walked back about three times from downtown Moose Jaw, and my animal was still there waiting. And then on about the fourth time when I walked, he was gone. He disappeared. Oh. <laughs> so then I knew that, that my check would be waiting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you probably hadn't even seen, like, plumbing until you got to Moose Jaw
1: no that's correct
0: like yeah because on the farm when you were growing up there was no electricity right no
1: electricity
0: no plumbing no plumbing yeah. no indoor plumbing so you had a biffy outside
1: yeah good outside plumbing
0: <laughs> but probably that time you went to moose Jaw was the first time there was a a flush that, toilet uh, that's correct that's correct <laughs> yeah.
1: but i did investigate and i made sure that i knew what to do <laughs> But they did have at the uh, at the railway station later on when I come by train to Moose Jaw, they had washrooms in there, but you had to have a dime to put in the thing before the door would open. Really? So if you didn't have any money, you were out of luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess that's called shit out of luck, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> A dime, that's a lot of money back then. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah. So you guys had the Model T as you were growing up on the farm. It's time for the Shield Coatings Question of the Day. And that is, I want you to tell me about a time that, you know, a little accident happened, and I know of a good story. And it involves a turkey. (laughs) Tell me that story.
1: Well, Mom and Dad were heading to town Saturday. Saturday afternoon to do to go in to the store to buy the food and uh the this was a, a a model a that we had by then okay a model a and uh, it was parked in the garage so of course i learned to drive it of course around the just around the house around the farm and and uh so when they were heading, I said to mom and dad, "Oh, I'll I'll go and and uh, uh, get the car out for you and bring it up to the up to the door, you know, near the porch where they come out." So I go and I backed this Model A up, and uh, of course the turkeys were always hanging around all over the farm, you know, <laughs> and uh, I backed over. One of Mum's turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. That's not a, that's not a good situation. What am I going to do now? So anyway, they were still in the house. They hadn't come out yet. So I backed the car up and moved it around. My dad didn't drive. I knew my mom would be doing the driving. So I, I took the turkey and I put them on the uh, right side under the car wheel where they couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and so because my mom, mom would get right from the door, from the step and into the car. But dad had to walk around, and he walked around the, 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 uh, the front And he never bothered looking, you know. So anyway, he got in the car. And, of course, they they take off. And I said, Mom, Mom, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. You just run over a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) So she stopped and started come out, got out. and, And, oh, my gosh, she said, that's terrible. But then... There's no more problems. So,
0: <laughs> so she, thought, she thought she did it. Did you ever, funny. did you ever tell her?
1: I I did tell her finally after, after, uh, when I come on vacation from, for holidays, I eventually did tell her.
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So well, the model A was there. You guys had the, yeah. got rid of the model T or did you have both at the same time?
1: No, they they uh, the Model T had been retired, and the Model A, and then they had bought a Dodge, a twenty nine Dodge car, mm. a four door, beautiful car, but it would never start in the winter time.
0: Well, could you? Did you guys have, out uh, like? Did you have coolant? Could you drive them in the winter?
1: Well, it depended on the on the winter. Okay. Something, you. It, like late fall, sometimes uh, the road would be open, but then after, around the Christmas time, then you forgot about the the car driving any car. Yeah, you couldn't.
0: So you, then it was you, you couldn't do it. Horse and sleigh, yeah. or horse and wagon, or That's buggy, right? right?
1: Yeah. So, but that Dodge it was a terrible starting car. You you could you couldn't. <laughs> when the sun would go down in the summertime, you couldn't start it.
0: <laughs> it had electric. Did it have electric start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did, it, eh? It did.
1: That was not a good car. <laughs> so, so then my my dad also, they were building Essex Essex uh, cars mm-hmm. in Moose Jaw.
0: Yeah. There was a factory, right?
1: Yeah, there was a factory. And uh, so they went to Moose Jaw, him and mum, and they bought a new Essex. Hmm. Really? And they drove it home on the farm. They parked it a little ways away from from the house. And uh, during the night, I, I guess something must have heated up while they were driving. I, I don't know, maybe run out of oil or something. And... Uh, all of a sudden, the fire started, and the, and they noticed they noticed flames, the flames, and got outside. It was too late. The car was.
0: And it was brand new. Brand,
1: yeah, yeah, brand new from the from the factory.
0: And it just went so up. Of
1: course, they just lost that. In those years, there was, uh, you know, insurance was, there was no insurance or anything. No, no. You know, so it was just lost money, whatever they paid for it. I have no idea, but, but it was completely lost.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, uh, had family brothers who served in the second world war, right? That's correct. Yeah. So you grew up a little too young just by a few years yeah. to be part of that. But, uh, what year was it when you joined the air force?
1: I joined the Air Force in nineteen forty seven. So in the in the fall. But then they 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 would send me the train ticket mm-hmm. and all the necessary meals and everything and because of the terrible hard winter, rough winter, I had to go by train from Kudir to Musjah. And then take another train from Moose Jaw to Saskatoon. But I'd get as far as Moose Jaw. Terrible, terrible winter there was. So I'd get to as far as Moose Jaw. And I tried to get further on, and I couldn't make it. So I'd have to return back home. And finally, finally, in April.
0: Of 47?
1: Of 48. 48. April of 1948. I took the train to Moose Jaw and I managed to get to Saskatoon where I had to sign on the dotted line for the Queen.
0: Right. There's, there's quite a bit of, you know, you've talked about this before, this winter of 47. And, you know, you, it's easy to look up. If you're listening right now, just Google Saskatchewan winter of 1947. There's lots of historical articles. That was record-breaking snow that's almost never been broken again like the pictures are of the snow piled up so high not even piled it just drifted over so high just the tops of the telephone poles
1: that's correct i i had a picture of my one of my nephews that lived in regina and he was he was standing up and he was leaning leaning against the telegraph pole and the (laughs) snow was was about two feet from the top of the telephone pole that was published into into the uh, uh, leader post in Regina.
0: There was probably no going to the store for food or anything like that over that winter, was there? Like, did no. you guys uh, even get off the farm for six yeah, months?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we managed to get to that little s- local store. Yeah. You know, with sleigh and and horses, but it was a uh, it, it was a terrible, terrible winter. It was.
0: Uh, and, and the house was still warm, even though it was like that?
1: Well, it had to be. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were well-equipped. We always had, we always used that uh, coal, black coal, and uh, and it, it worked very, very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Keeping things warm. Yeah. yeah. So, I remember a story about... Maybe it was that Model T. Wasn't there a story about that going into the ditch once?
1: Well, no, that was a another 28 Chevy.
0: Oh, okay. That my
1: my one of my brother-in-laws had and uh, he uh, had passed away. So that was left for us to tinker around with so my older <laughs> brother Pat uh, decided we should go to church on Sunday and he was going to drive this 28 Chevy <laughs> with no license on it or anything Or we didn't have driver's licenses either so anyway we had to get to church and uh, he was doing the driving and of course it, uh, it was, the road was a little bit a little bit tricky. There was, there was uh, quite a few spots where it had melted a bit, and uh, and then the ruts always were mm-hmm. there. And this one one spot was fairly high. There was a ditch, and we were going so nice and slow. And then all of a sudden, the old girl decided to. I was on the outside. The one smaller brother on the inside and Pat was doing the driving landed landed right in the ditch on the side <laughs> on my side oh. and both of them are laying on top of me. <laughs> so we got to, and uh, a neighbor was coming with uh, driving an older car and he had room for us so he said well he said, I'll take you the rest of the way. You can go to ch- get to church at least. And <laughs> then after, we'll figure out, we'll get some gas and oil and figure out on the way back. So we went to church and come out, and he drove us back with some gas and oil. and uh, But anyway, we got the old girl, the three of us got, On the side there, and lifted, put her back up on her feet, (laughs) and there was no damage to speak of. And we put checked the oil, put the oil in, and radiator, and uh, the gas got some gas back in her, and cranked her up, and away she went. (laughs) And nobody ever knew.
0: Uh, no, nobody ever found out. No, <laughs> your secret with the three of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can tip a car over anymore and pick it back up. No. Can you? No, no, <laughs> there'd That's be crazy. lots of damage. There would. Yeah. Yeah. So 1947, you know, the winter happens 1948, you finally make it to Saskatoon. And at this point, did you have a driver's license?
1: No, I didn't have a driver's license.
0: You you drove on the farm around there, but that Uh, wasn't really required yet, was it? It wasn't really enforced in those years. No. People could drive if they wanted to, right? Yeah, pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah. Like your mom did all the driving. Did she have a a license? No. 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 But Mm -hmm. that's just the way it went then. Yeah. So where was the the first stop after Saskatoon? You signed on the dotted line. Where did you have to go from Mm -hmm.
1: there? Well, I got on the train and... And ended up in uh, Trenton, Ontario wow. for Manning Depot. Now that was a big, that was a big, uh, should we say, experience. To all of a sudden you're you're on a base that has about uh, I don't know at the time 2,500 yeah. airmen, and everything is new and everything is well, completely.
0: You just got off the farm. You'd have been you'd that's been right. You'd been to Moose Jaw once, yeah. a second time, then yeah. Saskatoon, and that must have been something else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're in Ontario. Yeah. Life looks pretty different all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have to, like the saying is, you have to pull up your boots and get into it and start doing your thing. Yeah. And we're fortunate. We had very good instructors and... Uh, you know, they realized, most of them realized that, uh, you know, you didn't know anything about the military, yep. what to expect or anything. So they they were quite good. Of course, there was a lot of, lot of the guys that had been released after the war and decided to come back in at the same time. Mm. So you... You were, they were in your group also. They had to go through the Manning Depot thing mm. again. So they were okay because they knew what to expect and everything else. Right, right. And uh, so it, it was, uh, it it made it easier in some ways for us because, you know, you could ask those guys, oh, what what's going to happen? That's going to happen. What's next, you know, and they could most of them were quite decent guys and they would mm-hmm. they would they wouldn't give you no bad runaround or anything like that so it uh, it, it it was
0: pretty good so you're doing uh, you were doing basic training there right yeah you were you had set off to join the Air Force to actually get in the air as a pilot that was your That's
1: correct goal I, right I had done all the tests for that and everything and it was all systems go for that but The only thing at that time, you could not go air crew with corrective lenses. Mm. And my eyesight didn't meet the standards. So I was disqualified for air
0: crew. So when did you find that out? Were you already through basic training?
1: uh, About halfway through basic training. And I found that out because they sent me. I had to wear glasses. They sent me to London, Ontario, to go through the process there of getting uh, glasses. And uh, But uh, I had to go gr- ground crew. So right. I, I selected, I elected to go in with the heavy equipment, with the cranes and bulldozers and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: which is still pretty exciting because there's there was a yeah. lot happening at that time with the air force right because yeah. this is getting into cold war era right that's so correct. all yeah. of a sudden then they're they're building all kinds of radar bases all over the world and so ground crew was pretty important at that point too that's right yeah, yeah. so you got through basic training where was the first posting where did you go
1: my first posting was calgary alberta Okay. And uh, I was with a unit there called Construction Maintenance Unit. And what they had done was they, there was two of them during the war, one in Toronto and one out on the west coast in B.C. And they decided to amalgamate both of those in Calgary. Mm. So they moved everything from Toronto and from the west coast to Calgary. And so we became a very big unit. And uh, they were having problems with contractors, the Department of National Defense, and they had a royal commission, and they found out that uh, they were on, the contracts that they were on were cost-plus. Well, up in the Arctic... Anything with the cost plus, you know, it ends up costing. You don't know what it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. So they had a big investigation, and they found out that they had to do this to control all this. You know, some of the contracting that was going on. It was nothing was being completed. So we had to take over the the uh, Air Force oh. unit had to take over. And go into these places and finish off the projects that had been left behind. Gotcha. In the Arctic.
0: So you are in Calgary as your first posting. Is that when you got your first car?
1: Yeah. Yeah. when I got my first car.
0: So what was it? A
1: 1939 Chevy Coupe. Two-door. Yeah, two-door. Yeah. With a rumble yeah. seat? Uh, no, nope. it didn't trunk. have a rumble seat. Had the Trunk. trunk. But uh, I got that all, all fixed up to whatever little problems with it. And I, I put the Air Force plaid interior finish in it. Cool. Yeah, and uh, so it, it it was a very very nice nice vehicle. I had it newly painted, and it was just like a new car actually.
0: So that would have been about, what, 1950 that you bought that? Because if you went through basic training in 48? Yeah. Yeah,
1: 1950.
0: So it was just... The end, towards the end it of was, 1950. It was 11 years old, that car, when yeah, you got it.
1: Yeah. And then we, uh, my wife and I drove it to Saskatoon, but the highways then, of course, weren't, weren't too good. <laughs> was, uh, there was almost no uh, pavement
0: at that time, right? No. No. They were almost all gravel. Yeah.
1: So we drove it twice, I think. We came to Saskatoon, Edmonton. I had a brother in Edmonton. so, we, And then I my friend had bought an Austin car, an A30. And I really liked that car. I thought, boy, and they weren't very expensive. So I talked to my wife and I said, you know, maybe I've got a sale for for my Chevy, uh, so maybe I might I might sell that, because I was just about doubling my money on what I had paid for that <laughs> Chevy. So I thought, oh, well, I... And, and so I went to Halford and Valentine in Calgary, and they had the Austin dealership. I sold my my Chevy, and I bought that nine- 1850 Austin. Really? Had the sliding roof.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was like a canvas, right, on the top? No. No? No,
1: no, no. It was full of furniture, but it had a sliding sliding roof on it. Cool. And it had the little arms that flipped up on the side.
0: Trafficators. Which, yeah. No signal lights, right? No, no, no. They were just a little arm.
1: little arm that lifted up, held by a magnet. And you'd have to touch this little thing and up it would go. Yeah, <laughs> to make your left turns and right
0: turns. <laughs> so that little car, what color was it? Black. It was black. Yeah. An right. A thirty. Yeah. Tiny little British car.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Now, wasn't there a little race that happened with that car too?
1: Yes, there was. Well, it was uh, I this this friend of mine was a very good uh, mechanic, top notch. And he he'd gone through uh, through uh, taking courses on mechanics and uh-huh. so on and so forth. So anyway, uh, he said to me, he said, I, I think I could get make that thing. He said, give it a lot more power. He said, <laughs> and you could. <laughs> because my my other friend had got had inherited a bunch of money, so he bought a a brand new Packard. Whoa! About those were fifty one. I think it was nineteen fifty one Packard. It was as long as the house.
0: <laughs> and they were those were high end cars.
1: Oh yeah! They were worth a yeah. fortune,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, and beautiful chrome, everything.
1: Oh yeah, it was a beautiful big car. So anyway, he he was always challenging me for a race, bugging the hell out of me with this, with this little Austin. So I anyway, I said to my mechanic friend on the weekend, <laughs> I said, uh, uh, Do you think we can tinker around with that little thing of mine there, so I can, I'm going to challenge him to a half mile race or something <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah he said we'll we'll spend saturday and uh, i don't know exactly i kind of forget exactly what he done to it but he took the head off and uh, i don't know if he ground uh, uh, it seems to me he he ground the head really down yeah we had uh, the machinery and everything mm-hmm. in the Air Force to do that, uh, you know, some, takes them off. of the, So you get, uh, and then he tinkered with a few other things in there. Because uh, I, I know I, I had to get a new gasket set for, mm, yep. you know, when he took that head off. And, man, when he got, once he got that set up, that thing was moved like, <laughs> Holy cow! So anyway, of course, my other friend with the big jobby there—he he, he does not doesn't know. So anyway, we're having lunch. We used to s- sit on the side of the hangar, and uh, at lunchtime it was nice sun there and grass, and of course the the uh, tarmac was right there to get to the runways, so this is where we decided to have our race. <laughs> and there's about ah, twenty-five, thirty guys there all eating their lunch. And uh, okay, so the big race is on. <laughs> well, we took off, and I left them behind the first. <laughs> First, first, first quarter mile, I left him behind, and he was so mad. And then, of course, after going f- any further, I mean, then that once he got that wound up, but it was so sluggish, it was mm-hmm. so heavy, you know, it wouldn't it just just. But to, to on the initial takeoff, I was okay.
0: But, just gone yeah. that
1: way, yeah. So. <sighs> And he was so mad. He was he was going to sell that car. Again, <laughs> His guess. brand new
0: car. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So you were in in Calgary, Alberta. You had your little A30. Now, was there a, like a 1950 Ford that had come along at some point a little later?
1: Yeah, I, I got a 52 Ford
0: yeah that had the that centerpiece on the nose right it was almost like yeah. a little bullet yeah that's right in the middle of the grill right yeah yeah where did that car come from
1: i went downtown i traded in my austin
0: really yeah the first one yeah, yeah.
1: i traded in my austin and uh they gave me a pretty good dollar for it and i got that 52 Ford flathead mm-hmm. and uh that car gave me the best service of any car it was absolutely amazing really yeah that my car and i got to toronto i was transferred to toronto and i got to toronto and it was they were building new apartments where i was living and we had to park on the street till they got Till they got all the parking areas straightened around, so we were had to park on the street. And some guy in the middle of the night crashed into the back end of the 52 mine and made one hell of a mess. Oh, really? My car, my car. But I was working part time at this auto body shop mm. in the evenings and on weekends. So I told a guy about this, and he said he said to me, he said, don't worry about it. He said, we'll get that thing back like brand new. Mm-hmm. So my insurance covered it, and when it come out of there, it took about two weeks, but when it come out of there, it was just like brand new. Perfect again. car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had that. I had that. I put on. I, I don't know that car. Must when I finally got rid of it, sold it. To it. Must have been over five hundred thousand miles on that
0: car. Holy smoke!
1: Yeah. Wow. Had a lot of miles. Low maintenance, and uh, it was Just very, go very good. Just go forever. Yeah.
0: The best. The best steel still in those, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. So, the little Ford was there, but you got yourself a second Austin, right? An A40.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was in, in Kingston. Yeah. Kingston. <laughs> I decided to buy it. I was on temporary posting to Kingston. And then the new, the newer models came out, so I decided to buy an A40 and... Uh, when I was transferred back to Calgary with that thing, my wife was pregnant. We had—I I asked her doctor if it was safe for her to drive to Calgary, and he said, uh, "He said, well, and I said, well, uh, if she should I fly her to Calgary instead, and I'll drive mm-hmm. to return." And he said, "No, you're better off to." Take her with you in the car.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So we we drove back, and from Toronto, I got to Minot, North Dakota.
0: Okay, through the states. Yeah,
1: all the way nonstop from Toronto to Minot, North Dakota. (laughs) We had a nice sleep there, and then visited my family in Kader on the farm and uh, the next morning left to get home to Calgary and we got back to Calgary at about 10:30 at night and 1:30 in the morning my wife wakes me up and says said uh, to me to you will ha- you'll have to take me to the hospital <laughs>
0: oh, holy. so
1: up i took her to the hospital and that's when our first baby was born.
0: <laughs> Holy smoke! Yeah, that's something else.
1: Yeah, so that that was cutting it pretty fine. No actually. kidding. But uh, <laughs> we did make it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we're so a, a couple of Austins. Little those are little cars. They really are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That Ford we talked about. Was there anything else in there that you owned that you remember?
1: After that, I got that. 55 Buick.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, the Maryland Monroe one.
0: So, so who, did, where did you find it?
1: That one was used by uh, uh, one of those ladies' products.
0: Hmm. Yep. Like Mary Kay or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mary. Whatever F- they were selling back then.
1: Yeah, and it was pink. And black. And black. Yeah.
0: Pink and black. Pink and black. A 55 yeah. Buick. Yeah. Special, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Standard tranny. Really? Yeah. Standard transmission. Good car, good vehicle. I had transmission troubles with it after a while. But other than that, my friend and I took the tranny out ourselves. And it was just a small transmission. And yeah. Got the necessary gears and bearings and stuff and put it back together. She was as good as new. Again. Yeah.
0: So that was probably the last car you owned before you got sent to Europe, right?
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So you had to sell it. Do you remember how who you sold it to?
1: Yeah. It was a civilian that worked for me and because I found out six months ahead of time that I was going to Europe. So uh, I, I knew I had to sell the car. So anyway, he... Uh, he said to me, he said, you're going to have to sell your car. And I said, yes. Well, he said, make sure I get it. That's my car. <laughs> he said, what's, what's the price? And I told him the price, and it was more than
0: what I had paid for. <laughs> and he said, that's, that's my car. You know what, Gramps, we're going to have to leave it right there until the next podcast. Thank you for listening to part one of Driving Through the Decades on Bald Tires. Join us next time for, well, the rest of the story with all the other exciting cars that uh, Gramps has had over the years. Thank you for listening to Bald Tires powered by Shield Coatings because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. Ball Tires, powered by Shield Coatings, is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by Conexus. Does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress? If you said stress, you're not alone. For 42% of Canadians, their biggest stressor comes from money. At Conexus, they care about your financial well-being, Money doesn't have to be stressful, and Connexus is here to help. The Connexus hashtag money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips and solutions for all stages of life and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they cover it all and more. And did I mention it's free? Check it out today at a connexusmoneytalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported by Direct West. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence and head to directwest.com to learn more.